With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Friday, May 7th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, the Indians are back in town, and uh, they're in first place in the American League Central Division after a four-game sweep in Kansas City, uh, coming off a a seven-game road trip where they won six out of seven. They took uh, two or three in Chicago. Uh, Is is this starting to trend in the the right direction for this team? Uh, You know, figuring out that they're they're winning close ball games, they're, they're scoring runs late, and they're doing it with their pitching and their bullpen. Yeah, you know, that's a, that's a great point, Joe. That was a great, great trip. Uh, you know, what only, I don't, th- I don't even know the last time, the first time they've ever swept the Royals on the road in a four-game series. 1960. Yeah, first time they've ever swept a four-game series, and they haven't swept on the road in KC since, the, uh, since they were the Athletics uh, back in, yeah. in 1960. So, yeah, so it was, and, and the combination was interesting, you know, kind of late offense, and a, a killer bullpen and, uh, you know, get the lead, have uh, Jose Ramirez hit in the eighth inning, hit a home run, and and you go from there. So it, it was fun. It was uh, fun to watch. It was, you know, entertaining uh, TV. And tell us what, what you saw from uh, Kauffman Stadium. Yeah, I, I, it was – there was energy there. It's it, not energy early, but energy late. You could tell, uh, you know, just from watching them react on the field that – Midway through the game, they might have been, you know, sort of slugging through each one of those games. But, uh, you know, come the sixth, seventh, eighth inning, they 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 were inspired. And, you know, they came up with big hits, and that, that really did it. Uh, even guys like Jake Bowers, who haven't been contributing anything all season, uh, you know, stepped up and, and did something. Uh, you got Ahmed Rosario uh, started to get hot. Uh, Jordan Luplo broken 0 for 14 yesterday with an RBI single. Uh, Cesar Hernandez had three hits. Uh, so, you know, when the offense starts showing up late like it did, uh, it's it's easy to get that momentum going. And and Tristan McKenzie's start yesterday was unlike anything we've seen out of him this year. He, he lasted into the sixth inning. He didn't record an out in the sixth, but, you know, he, he struck, uh, I believe, I believe he struck out five and didn't allow a run, only, only gave up like two or three hits. So, it was it was great to see McKenzie sort of flip the switch and and 
you know, correct what had been wrong in, in his last couple of outings and go out there and, and be effective and give the Indians a chance to win. Yeah, definitely. You, you know, he still, he still walked four guys, five strikeouts, four guys. So, you know, that's still an issue, but he, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter when you don't give up a run and, you know, he, he threw five scoreless innings and, uh, you know, it's such a, that was such a big start for him and the Indians, you know, because really when you look at this rotation, uh, you know, you've got the top three guys, Bieber, uh, Savali, and Plesak, and then you've got two open spots there. And, you know, if it's, and, and if, if it's not McKenzie and uh, Sam Henkes filling them, who's going to fill them? You know, it's not like they have a Clevenger or, or a Carrasco, you know, sitting on in the bullpen out there. They don't, they don't have a, you know, they don't have a, a safety net. So that's, I think it was really, really important for McKenzie to pitch well yesterday. And uh, it's going to be really interesting to watch how Henkes pitches against the Reds on Sunday in his first official start. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to pull the opener out of the bag again, like they did, you know, against Kansas city here, or, uh, you know, they'll, they'll let uh, Hankins start the game from, uh, you know, pitch one. Well, one of the names that Tito had thrown out there as a possibility uh, to work as an opener uh, was Nick Sandlin and Sandlin came in yesterday and gave the Indians, uh, you know, what, two innings of, of just outstanding work. Uh, he, the Royals hitters looked, overmatched against Sandlin, uh, a little bit of a deceptive three-quarter delivery, uh, a lot more fastball than I think, uh, you know, the Royals hitters were anticipating. And Sandlin looks like he fits right in nicely with the, uh, the rest of that back end of the bullpen. Oh, definitely. And, you know, just from watching him, Joe, I didn't, I didn't notice this so much in spring training, but, you know, he has that three-quarter turn before he releases the ball. Mm -hmm. So he's hiding the ball. You don't know, you don't know where that arm slot is coming from. You know, this is his first, he obviously he's a rookie. He's only made two or three appearances. And like you said, he can, he can, he's got enough velo to get lefties and righties out. So, you know, the advantage goes to him right now. And as long as he throws strikes before these guys, you know, the scouts, you know, kind of dissect him and get a book on him. Uh, you know, he's, he's in, he's in a great spot. And I think he's only going to help that bullpen. Yeah, and I, I didn't see him in person because I didn't go out to spring training, but he's bigger than I thought. He's a he's a, a big guy. He's sort of an imposing figure as well. You think of a sidearm or you think of, you know, some like, uh, you know, smaller guy, wiry like an Adam Simber or somebody like that. Salen's a big dude on that mound, and he uh, he, he can be intimidating, I think. Uh, it, it's it's nice to see, uh, you know, another new arm out there that the Indians can, can use. Uh, Tito's, Tito's just got uh, – a whole toolbox full of, you know, different gadgets he can play with in that bullpen. And I think uh, he, he must, he must be loving it right now. Yeah. And another guy that's seeming seemingly coming around is Whitgren. He he had a great series against Kansas city. You know, he had, he's a little shaky at the start of the season, a couple of times out, but now he's starting to throw just like, you know, we saw him for the last two seasons and that gives you another arm at the end of the game. I mean, Sandlin, is a, is a guy that's shown he can go two innings or, you know, one plus inning. So he could bridge the gap between the starter and the, and the, the late inning guys. So things are looking good in, in the bullpen right now. Yeah. It, and, and that was sort of the, uh, the formula that they relied on through the first maybe three games of that Kansas city series was, you know, the starter keeps them close enough for long enough. And then the offense comes alive late and scores some runs and the bullpen takes care of the rest. Uh, Tito said, I believe after Wednesday's game, it's not, it's not something you want to sort of rely on and not the way you want to 
you know, you, you set out to try and win games, but, uh, you know, it's better than losing right now. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, Thursday's game was the first time they scored first in that whole series when they scored in the first inning. I mean, the second inning. So uh, it's, you know, I think teams get hot a little bit, you know, and, and they, they, you know, when they, when they win like that and it kind of sets a mindset, the other team knows they're, they're not out of the game and, you know, things tend to break your way. I remember, I'm not comparing this team to uh, the 1995 Indians, but, but if you remember those teams, they love to come from behind. I remember mm-hmm. Buddy Bell, who was a bench coach at that time, saying he thought that team liked being behind, liked being behind in the late innings because, you know, they knew you were going to roll up Ramirez and Tomey and, and all those guys, Bayerga and Lofton and all those guys uh, to, uh, you know, to, to make a comeback. So, you know, and, and in no way am I comparing <laughs> this year's team to the 95 Indians. But, you know, I think it's just that, that dynamic, that late inning dynamic. 11 of their 17 wins so far this year uh, have come from behind our comeback wins. So I, I, that's that's pretty notable. I think uh, it's the most that the most comeback wins this early in the season since 1999, I, I believe, was the, uh, the stat that was was in the notes uh, yesterday. It, it's just it, it, this is the kind of thing that can build momentum and carry a team for a while if they start believing it. Framil Reyes has believed it since the beginning, since before spring training started. He's been telling us every time he sits down on a Zoom call, I'm telling you guys, we're going to hit, we're going to be good, we're going to be good. He, he keeps, you know, sort of it's a self-fulfilling prophecy with him. Uh, but when you've got a guy who's, who's playing the way that Jose Ramirez is right now, especially in the late innings, uh, it makes it easy to, to become a prophet. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, in, in late or, uh, you know, in the late, some of you know, those late inning stats, I think he's, uh, he's hitting like 460, you know, with uh, four home runs, five RBIs, and that's from the seventh inning on with, uh, you know, with the game tied or with uh, the tying run on deck or when, when your team is up by a run. So, you know, that's, uh, that's pretty, uh, uh, you know, that's a pretty awesome stat. And, and, you know, really, I don't know how much long, how long he can, you know, Jose can keep that going, but, you know, even the threat of that, even the, because, you know, the other pitcher knows, you know, the opposing pitcher knows that, and that, you know, kind of puts a seed of doubt in his head as well. Well, and if you look, you know, people are fond of doing these projections over his last 162 games, uh, you know, what he's batting in, in those, and he's got some, I mean, he's got more than 40 home runs, 120 some RBIs. I, I mean, the, if you look, he's he's been consistent over a long stretch now. So it's not like, you know, there's maybe, maybe back in, you know, the, the last half of 2018, when he was slumping a little bit and you were like, oh, well, he's never going to go back to, you know, the, the hot Jose Ramirez. But I'll tell you what, the, maybe one of his, maybe one of his biggest hits of the series wasn't even a hit. It was a hit by pitch. And that was uh, Wednesday yeah. night. And that sparked the whole uh, situation again with Angel Hernandez being in the center of it. Ramirez at the plate, Brady Singer, who's dealing, you know, basically through the whole game, uh, had, had, had dominated the Indians. Uh, and he throws one uh, up and in that Ramirez hits Ramirez on the hand. Uh, the the Royals disputed said that it hit the bat uh, first and didn't hit his hand first. Uh, replay they challenged, but they they weren't able to overturn it. Uh, Angel Hernandez was the one that called it, and so Jose gets the uh, gets the base, and then 
Next guy up is Eddie Rosario, and he doubles home uh, two runs, and, and we're off to the races on Wednesday night for the comeback. Uh, if it could go wrong, it did go wrong for the Royals over the weekend. Uh, Matheny and uh, Cal Aldred, their, their pitching coach, got tossed. Singer got tossed, all because Angel Hernandez basically, again, is bad at his job. But the Indians went into Kansas City and just ruined that team that was in first place at the time they, they arrived. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And, uh, you know, this, it, you know, Hernandez did call the balk. He had that right. And, uh, that you know, was right. And, Singer and, did and balk. I, and I believe that. I believe the hit by pitch was right too. I, I think yeah. we saw that a couple of times. What is it? 2019 with Shane Bieber. It went against the Indians in like three different ways where guys yeah. were getting hit on the knob of the bat and, and Bieber was the one throwing, he was the one pitching. He, he hit the knob of the bat and you could see it and it was still being called wrong. So, you know, I, I don't have any sympathy for the Royals in that regard. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think that, you know, when uh, Eldred and, and Matheny got kicked out, I think that really kind of changed the tempo of that game. And uh, maybe, you know, uh, Thursday's game as well. I mean, it, it kind of, you, you can't play baseball if you're really upset, you know, with your, if your blood is boiling, you have to really, you have to be kind of a, you know, Doc Edwards used to say loose aggressiveness. <laughs> well, it, 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 you're, you're exactly right. It did carry over into Thursday because all anybody was talking about in the press box on Thursday afternoon was what went on Wednesday night with Angel Hernandez tossing guys out. And then you had uh, a pretty critical strikeout, actually. I believe it was the third or fourth inning with McKenzie striking out Ryan O'Hearn on a check swing. And guess who called the check swing strike down at third base after he had worked behind the plate the day before? It was Angel Hernandez down at third base just waiting to ring up a, a Royals batter. And he rang him up. It was the third out of the inning. Got McKenzie out of a jam. And everybody in the press box and on the field, O'Hearn's just, oh, he stood there and he stared at Hernandez. That's oh, how right. up, yeah, I, I remember that watching that's that. How up in, yeah. That's how up in their heads all of that stuff had gotten. And the Indians didn't have to do a thing. All he had to do was throw a pitch over the plate. And O'Hearn, and it, I, for my money, it wasn't even close to a check, uh, to, a, to a strike. But Hernandez rang him up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so really, I mean, after they got ejected in the, in the sixth inning, uh, you know, on, on uh, Wednesday night, they didn't score again. They didn't, they didn't score. score. They didn't score yesterday and they didn't score the rest of uh, Wednesday night's game. So you have to, you know, baseball, you can't, you can't be, you can't, you know, you can't be a fullback running through the, through, through the, through the over guard, you know, to gain five, you know, to get a first down and be screaming as you're going in baseball. You can't, you can't grip the bat too tight or, you know, you, you're not, you're not accomplishing anything. So, you, you know, I think that's what happened to, to the, to the Royals. They got, they got upset. They got, you know, they were, they were, they were had a chip on their shoulder and they got too, too aggressive almost. That might have not been the most graceful football analogy, but uh, but we'll go with it. I, I, I think I think it's better to say maybe they were on tilt. Uh, you know, that, yeah, that, yeah. Just, that just put them off for the rest of the way, and and they couldn't they couldn't figure out how to get themselves right. And that's a and that's a pretty veteran team there. You've got Salvador Perez, you've got Carlos Santana, you've got some guys on that team who who have been through this kind of thing before. Uh, it shouldn't have affected them the way that it did. But it did, and it, hey, the Indians will take it. They'll take it to the tune of first place right now in the American League Central Division. So, uh, you know, keep going. 
There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext and get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. I wanted to mention I mean, you know, it, we, we get to the point in the uh, in the broadcast where we start throwing out crazy ideas. Uh, what do you think of the uh, idea of cutting a uh, first ballot Hall of Famer and just designating him for assignment? Because that's what the Angels wound up doing to one of the all-time great hitters in baseball in Albert Pujols. Uh, I, I understand the position that they're in and they were in. You know, you get to a point where a guy is – getting on as, as much as Pujols was and starting to decline the way he was. And he's blocking some guys in the organization uh, at, at the, at the position. Uh, I just, the optics of it are, are really awful. And it, it creates a situation now where Pujols says he wants to play. Where's he going to play? Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. And, and, you know, John McNamara, the old Indians manager said, never let a star fall on you. As a, you know, that was his advice to uh, Mike Hargrove when Hargrove took over, you know, replaced him. And, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Pujols has, has been out, in, uh, you know, after he went to uh, St. from St. Louis to the Angels, he's been out there a long time with the Angels, has underperformed, basically, still a great player, but, you know, hasn't really performed up to that contract, that massive contract. And, you know, I thought he was going to retire this, this spring. There was, you know, stories coming out that he was retiring and uh, but, you know, and, and I thought this was just an offshoot of that, you know, okay. You know, but apparently there's some hard feelings. So, you know, it's tough to see a great player go like that, but Hey, it happens to everybody. And he certainly, you know, got, had a great run with the Angels. I mean, they played him every day for a long, long time, even though they had to bite the bullet on that. Right. And don't take anything away from Albert Pujols' career because it's it stands alone. It is a phenomenal. His his first 11 seasons were ungodly. The numbers he put up and the consistency that he showed and the, the games that he won and the numbers that he uh, put up, I just – you you can't take anything away from that, but 
the only undefeated, uh, you know, player is, is Father Time. And, and you know, he caught up to, to Albert Pujols. Now, there are places where he would fit. And, and there are places where he could, you know, maybe contribute. Uh, are the Cleveland Indians one of those places? <laughs> well, we know they've got already got a DH in Fran Mill Reyes, right? So, uh, you know, so that would have to put him out at first base. And can Albert play first base every day? Or, or... Every, uh, would they need him to play first base every day? You've got uh, – if you, if you optioned Yu Chang – who's batting 160 to Pujols' 198, uh, that at least puts him in the lineup against left-handers. That at least puts him in the lineup, you know, every couple of days. Uh, You could still play Jake Bowers, or you could jettison Bowers and Chang and bring up Bobby Bradley, and and you have that be your platoon at first base. All of this is very far-fetched, but it's still intriguing to think about one of the greatest right-handed hitters of all time being out there and being available and the Indians having an obvious deficiency at first base in their, in their life. I mean, where would he even fit in the lineup? Where would, do you bat? Albert I think, Bulls I think, I think Frank Kona, I think Frank Kona could find a spot for him. I mean, <laughs> seriously, you could, you've got Al, you've got a, a first ballot unanimous hall of famer in Al, Albert Pujols. There's no doubt in my mind. It, it, that he would be a first ballot automatic unanimous hall of famer if he were eligible right now. But where could you, where would you play? Like you said, Framo Reyes is, <laughs> you're right. Framo Reyes is the DH, but maybe you try to put Framo out in right field a few, a few times a week. Yeah, they played everybody else out there, so then I guess you could give it a, give it it a can't shot. Get much worse, can it, Lindsay? Yeah, this is a move. I think this is a move a team would make going down a stretch. To me, don't you think, yeah. Joe? Mm-hmm. You know, but in in May, you know, it's it's a tough it's a tough move. You're still trying to work your work your way around the roster, um, but. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think it's, you know, I'm almost, I would almost bet my house that he's not coming to Cleveland, but no, it's, it's yeah, same here. Definitely. I mean, and the other thing is Edwin Encarnacion is also sitting out yeah. there unsigned by a team too. He's, he's posting Instagram videos of, uh, you know, swimming in his pool down in the, in the Dominican. So uh, if you, if you really want uh you know, somebody who could actually run the bases maybe a little bit more than, than pools. You can always get Edwin. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it's fun to play with the idea. It's fun to throw it out there and, and, and sort of speculate and think, but when it comes to reality, I don't think it's a fit for the Indians, but maybe a team, a younger team like the Mariners or uh, you know, a team that's still building that he could mentor some guys uh, in, in a way that might, might be something. Plus, if, you know, if he stays out west, then he could uh, always have the opportunity to sort of haunt the Angels for the rest of the season as well. Uh, just as long as he doesn't wind up in, let's say, Houston. Totally fine. Yeah, that's what it sounds That Houston isn't a bad uh, pick, is it? I no. Mean, that totally. and, and he's done – well, they've got Jordan Alvarez as their – Yeah, uh, right. Their, right. Their DH and, and they, they and like he's just come starting to get – come on right again but so, yeah. obviously it's it's a net it's it's an american league team where he's going to end up somebody yeah. will, somebody will sign him somebody will throw it out there who knows so all right the indians open a three-game series this weekend friday night against 
the Reds. It's the, the, the last round of the Battle, Battle of Ohio. Uh, tonight, Zach Plesak on the mound, taking on Cincinnati. What are we expecting out of this series with the Reds, who have suffered some significant losses since the last time we, we saw them? Yeah, uh, Joey Votto, who hit like a thousand against the Indians down in uh, at a Great American Ballpark uh, uh, last month, is out with a broken thumb. He's going to miss a thumb, you know, at least a month. So, you know that that's an that's a you know a, a terrible injury for the Reds. But he 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 can't hit. He can't hurt the Indians anymore. Um, you know, and the Reds come in. They've lost what uh, ten of their last fifteen games. Uh, so, uh, you know, they're struggling and, uh, but they have a two, one lead in for the battle of, uh, Ohio. They, and they could, uh, you know, maybe they'll win it. Maybe they'll win the Ohio cup this year. Get the cup back for them. Yeah. Uh, so you're anticipating the big, uh, welcome back Tyler Naquin video montage on the scoreboard. I'm, I'm assuming that it will be highlighted by his inside the park home run from, uh, 2016 but uh you know that, yeah that's that was, a great point hopefully he's he's out watching it and like not like Corey Kluber who missed Corey, his <laughs> his video tribute Corey he was Kluber in, had no idea that there was even, even a, a video going on uh hey speaking of broken digits uh Roberto Perez on the 10-day injured list he was supposed to seek a uh an opinion from Dr. Graham in Dayton yesterday uh, we're awaiting word on what the results of that exam were. Uh, it just got to a point where uh, Roberto couldn't couldn't effectively grip the bat, and you know it was affecting him even with his throwing. So they they want to make sure they they sort of before it gets any worse, they they nip it in the bud. Uh, means Austin Hedges is going to play a lot more. That certainly means a, a a few more strikeouts on the ledger for the Indians. Yeah. But uh, Rene Rivera brought up from the alternate site in Columbus, uh, joined the team on the road and played in yesterday's game, had what, a couple of hits? Three hits. Had yeah, three three hits. hits. Almost hit one out. He went, he went off the top of the wall. And he's got wheels. He, he's, yeah. he scored from second on a, a ground ball to left. And he would have advanced on a, a wild pitch, but he overslid the bag because he was going too fast. Yeah, I couldn't. Uh, Renee Rivera, 137 years old. Yeah, and he's, you know, Perez and and Henches, Henches, Austin Hedges haven't had a three-hit game. They've only had, you know, they haven't had. That was the first Perez, three-hit game. Perez and Hedges haven't had three hits together in two yeah. weeks. That's <laughs> that was the first three-hit game by an Indians catcher this year. And uh, where did that come from? I mean, you know, who knows? But uh, yeah, that that's definitely a, a, a terrible break for. Perez yeah obviously uh no pun intended but uh you know he had worked so hard in the spring training he, he lost 25 what 25 pounds during the mm-hmm. winter so he could stay healthy he missed half the season last year with the with the bad right shoulder and uh now he you know he gets off he, he gets hurt again so you know that's it's a tough tough job catching behind the plate you, you blame James Karinchak for that one because it was James Karinchak's uh Cross up that sort of uh, that, that led to the injury. Uh, you know, Roberto was anticipating a fastball. Karinchek threw him a curveball. Roberto jumped up. It was actually called a strike because it was in the zone. But Roberto jumped up and tried to catch it, and it it nailed him in the finger. And and he hasn't been the same since then. It was that happened back in the middle of April. Yeah. Uh, so, 
this guy, he's had a, he's had a tough run two years ago Had the, you know, the, the bone spurs in his ankle last year, the, uh, last year, the shoulder in 2016, he broke his thumb and missed a big part of the season needed surgery. So hopefully he doesn't need surgery. Hopefully this, you know, couple of weeks on, on the injured list, get this uh, cleared up. Yeah. The, uh, the storyline in spring training with Roberto is always, well, he's healthy and he's looking forward to the year. It's, it's at the start of the year. He's always healthy. It's uh, it just to show, shows you how uh, challenging and demanding that position is on the field. All right, Hoinsey, we'll uh, look forward to a report back from uh, what happened this weekend. When we get back on Monday on the Cleveland baseball talk podcast, we'll talk to you then. All right, Joe.